Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of welcomeheart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy today to introduce you to my new friend, Cherie Shannon. She lives in Northern California. It's always such a trip to, to be able to interview someone from my side of the nation. And she's got a great smile. And you'll find that out when you watch us on YouTube. And she's written a new book, which she is um, anxious to tell you all about. But uh, first, Shannon, uh, sorry, I just call you Shannon by your last name. We were just talking about that. Her sister's name is Shannon, but her last name, her married name is Shannon. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> so Cherie, tell us about your family at first, and then a little bit about your family and then your ministry. And then we'll uh, get into the questions I have for you as well as the legacy questions. So thank you so much for being with me today. Wonderful. Okay. My name is Cherie Shannon. I'm happily married to my high school sweetheart, David Shannon. And we have three grown boys, all wow. grown up. Great. Joshua, Caleb, and Jonathan. Um, my oldest is married and has a daughter. My grandbaby, I'm a Gigi. She's eight months old. And then my middle son, Caleb, has a son who's almost four. And so I think that's my greatest joy is my grandkids. I told my husband, I said, now we know why we had children. <laughs> I love that. And how, how old are your sons? Oh my goodness. I knew you were going to ask me that. It's like, you know, you start counting at a certain yeah. point. So they're 26, 24 and 22. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's amazing. That's so great. Yeah. I have three daughters. So I know it's like, wow. And it shows you that you're not really in control too, when you have adult children, isn't that the case? Okay. And about your ministry. Okay. So I mostly have been focusing lately on my writing. I just published my first book and it's actually the first book of a three book series. Wow. Um, yes. So I, I didn't intend it to be that way when I wrote the book. Um, my editor, when I gave it to her, she said, uh, this is three books. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go back to the drawing board and break it up. And um, so, Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So What's it called? What's mostly it called? what I do is just write. Okay. Well, you sound a little bit like an extrovert. Are you? Actually, I'm not. I know people that meet me always say like, what, you're an introvert? Yes. Um, I said my best times are spent alone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, actually me and Jesus, I love to be alone with the Lord. Yeah. But yes, um, I think the best description I heard of that was that an extrovert gets your energy being with people and an introvert gets your energy being alone. And so that's definitely me. I can do the groups, parties. I love public speaking and being with people, but my energy definitely comes from being by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're total, we're total opposites. Um, I was going to ask you, Oh, just tell us the name of your book, uh, to begin with, since this is your first, but it's really one of three. How exciting though. You have all that content already to draw from. Yes. Yes. So it's journey to wholeness of mind. And here's a little picture of it here. Oh, so um, maximizing the power of your mind to transform your life. Mm. So it was going to be journey to wholeness, mind, body, and spirit, but the editor said I needed to do three separate. So this is the mind. My next one is going to be journey to wholeness of spirit. And the final one would be journey to wholeness of body. Oh, wow. So great. And are you a certified coach as well? 
No, I am not certified. I'm certified by the Lord. <laughs> there we go. But do you do coach? You do coaching though, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, it's like, um, they, they have different titles for these things, you know, used to, it was your counseling, but, um, I think coach is easier because if you're not a licensed counselor, but you know, when you're serving the Lord in ministry, you're always in that position exactly. to coach people. Okay. So if people want to be coached, quote unquote, by you, how do they reach you? They can just go to my website, shereeshannon.com, and then they, they scroll all the way down to the bottom, and there's a place where they can contact me through email, and we can set up an appointment. Okay. Well, and speaking of your book title, um, repeat that again for me, Journey to Wholeness Through Your Mind. Journey to Wholeness of Mind. Mind. Okay. What is your definition of wholeness? Yeah, such a broad subject. I know that's what made me um, write the book to start with is just that journey with the Lord and figuring out what wholeness is and what his intent for his children is. Because I felt like um, when I was looking at the people around me, the people I was involved with, I felt like, okay, Lord, it doesn't seem like we're that much different than the world, you know, people struggling with anxiety and overwhelm and nervousness and fear. And I was like, okay, Lord, we're supposed to look different. I mean, people are supposed to look at us and say, I want what she has, right? Isn't that all of our passion as believers? And I, I was just seeing this divide and I'm like, what, what's the problem, Lord? How does this look? So I started this pursuit with the Lord to find out what wholeness was. How do we walk in wholeness? How do we overcome all these inhibitors and things that are just keeping us in a state of really not providing the answers the world needs. So in this pursuit of just really discovering wholeness comes when we become one with our savior, one with the Lord. And that's an ongoing process, right? Because life is happening all the time and things out of our control, things, especially right now, there's so many things that could cause us to be anxious and fearful and to me, wholeness is when I don't succumb to situations where who I am and how I live my life and my emotions are not affected by what's going on around me, that my life is controlled by the Lord and my relationship with him and everything flows, flows from that place. That sounds like heaven. <laughs> and because as a woman, I'm very emotional and I'm proud of it, but I get it. I love what you said at the beginning that we should look different. I've said this all through the pandemic this last year and a half, that why are we panicking if we're believers? You know, it seems to be a bigger fear than anything in, least in my lifetime that the world has faced. And I get it. Um, I don't want to be cavalier about someone else's anxiety or fears. And I know you don't either, no. but as believers, I think that we need to be wearing this banner. If we, you know, everybody wants t-shirts to say something, but it should be so, and I'm saying I'm not this way, but it should be so ingrained as believers that we are at peace no matter what's yes. happening. Yes. That's why they would want to come over and spend time with us. They want some of that to rub off on them. But yes. a question I have in what you just said is that wholeness comes when you become one with your Lord and Savior. 
I think in my theology doctrine is that when I accept Christ as my savior, I am one with him. And so a lot of people listening today are at one with him, but they're still at odds with their anxiety, their fears, their insecurities. So can you go a little deeper with that? Yeah, I think that it's a continual pursuit. And so I'm one with the Lord. I've accepted him into my heart. I'm serving him. I've made that choice, right, to follow the Lord. And so I think it's learning to live your life intentionally. And so when you recognize anytime you have an emotion, a fear, something that comes up that doesn't match what God says he has for you, right? So I know he has peace. He said he came to give me peace. He is my peace. And with him, I have peace. Right now, I'm not feeling peace. So right now, I'm not aligned with how he created me mm-hmm. to function. So it's learning to stop and go, okay, what's happening inside? What do I need to get realigned? What am I thinking right now? What am I believing right now? Because I want to function as God created me to function in that relationship with him. So mm-hmm. it's intentional living and learning to stop anytime we're functioning outside of his intent. Like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm feeling fearful. And God does not have here. He said, he's given me a spirit of love and a sound mind. And I don't feel that right now. So, okay. What am I thinking? What am I believing? What shifts do I need to make to get back into alignment with what he has for me? Reminds me of an old classic book by Elizabeth George, loving God with all your mind. Because when we, that is the first commandment. And I thought, why, why did God start with our mind? Well, because I think our minds direct everything else, you know, because we believe we don't feel emotional about God every minute, but we believe that he loves us. And so when I believe that truly, uh, I may still stay awake half the night worrying about my daughters, but I continually, (laughs) well, they're just so wonderful, you know, and I don't want them to make mistakes. And, uh, but of course my mother did the same with me. My mom used to say, you know, she would be worried and I go, mom, it's not very spiritually mature to worry. I would say that to her. And then, um, she would say, it's a mother's job to worry. And I go, well, you need to get another job because I would get annoyed. I would get annoyed. And now, and then I had children and now I'm a lot more, I'm, a, I'm so sorry. I was so rude yeah, to my mother. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit more understanding. Okay, another question. You mentioned the pursuit. I love this. Let's see if I can remember this quote um, by um, John Orkberg. He said that God continually is on, in pursuit of us because all he ever wanted was to be with us. Isn't that mm. just so beautiful? Uh, I think that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, as women, we are on the pursuing end. I think God set it up that way. I know I married my husband because he just wouldn't stop asking me to marry him. And I sort of succumbed to his pursuit because I see as Christ loving the church, that's the marriage of the gospel. And he pursues the church in spite of our failings. And so Mark Mark kept pursuing me and if we think, I mean, we're kind of lucky to be the, the side of this as women, because we get it. We get that God is going after us or when we get it, we don't always remember. Yes. Don't you feel that that's why when we know God has pursued us, doesn't that change the way you look at your whole life? Oh my goodness. Yes. And it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, like so many times through the day when I feel myself getting like deterred and stressed and what's going on, I just 
stop and just say, okay, Lord, it's just you and me. I mean, it's just you and me, Lord. And we're doing this live together. So keep me on track. Yeah. Yeah. I felt this the other, I was talking to my sister and I said, I was disgruntled with somebody. I can't remember who it was now. Isn't that great? I don't remember. And I just had read, you know, come to me, all you who labor and have laden, and I will give you rest. I thought, okay, I'm going to come to you, Lord, because I don't like how I feel. And I don't like my thoughts right now. Um, it's an exercise we need to do day in and day out. It's not like you come to him once, you know. I asked, yeah. I asked my pastor, he spoke on it the other day, and I, I like to email him and ask him questions. But I go, how come we have to keep coming? You know, he asks <laughs> us to come. Why do we have to keep coming? And he goes, it's just the way God set it up. We are in yeah. relationship. And what do you think deters us? As someone who speaks to a lot of women about that, what deters us from responding to God's pursuit of us? A lot of times it's busyness. I think our natural human um, response to problems is to get busy. Hmm. And I think it takes intentionality. It's like my favorite word to stop when we're feeling awry, we're not feeling ourselves. we're feeling like something's wrong and connect with the Lord and hear what he's saying. Because in the natural, we just want to get busy, especially as well, we'll just start cleaning house. We'll do this, we'll do that. You know, we like to have everything all figured out and be in control and have a plan. And it doesn't always work that way with the Lord. You know, he's just like, like you said, come to me, cast your cares on me, acknowledge me and let me direct your steps. And we want to have it all figured out. And so we just get busy. And I think when we're busy, then we can keep suppressing things, pushing things down, stay the course, keep moving. And then we just miss out on that real heart connection with the Lord and walking this life with him. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And it's such a missing out. And the older I get, I'm 69. And I thought, boy, I don't want to waste a minute. I don't want to waste a minute that's left. And that's why I started the podcast. To live a legacy life is something we do today. It's not something we do in 10 years or after we die and it's in our will what we've passed on, <laughs> right? That's such a waste. No one exactly. wants my, my kids don't want my junk anyway. But, um, but, but to do something today that would last forever, I think that so enlivens our present relationship with God. Yes. Yeah. You wrote this, uh, the journey is not perfect yet. It is in the imperfections that we can discover the fullness of all that is possible. What does that mean? And what's the difference between that and a self-help book? <laughs> well, I think that one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 8, 28, that talks about that he works all things together for our good. And I think when we can live our life in that way, knowing that he takes everything, when we surrender to him and we walk in his ways and set our heart to follow him, he can work all things for good. And so I think it's in those moments of imperfection or struggle or disappointment that is this amazing opportunity to connect with the Lord and to get his heart and get his vision for it. So a situation that could look terrible in the natural, then when we connect, when we take that and go like, okay, Lord, I'm going to acknowledge you in this situation that just looks impossible. Then we get his heart on it and then we can see it through his eyes and then it can become beautiful. When we can take past disappointments that want to hold us back 
and make us give up and quit. And we can bring that disappointment in front of the Lord and say, Lord, help me to see this through your eyes. What can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? Then it becomes this beautiful thing. And so I think when we can bring each situation, even our emotions where we're feeling something that we don't like, and we can just say like, this feels horrible. And I can go turn the TV on and escape right? Or I can go get busy or I can come before the Lord and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. What are you saying? What's happening, Lord? And let him bring that shift and that turn. And then it becomes a beautiful thing because it drew me to my savior. (laughs) Uh, Can you give me an example from your own life where this happened? Well, I'm right now I'm walking through with my um, a couple of my sons that are not making the best decisions. And so when my mom mode wants to come in and fix things yeah. and solve and step in and but learning instead to go into the prayer closet <laughs> and connect with the Lord and get his heart for them and see them through his eyes and what he's saying for them. And then I can intercede for them and pray. And I feel God's peace come. And I feel his assurance that he is holding them. Then I can release all that stress and anxiety and that need to fix and leave it in his hands. Mm -hmm. And then follow his prompting as the Holy Spirit leads me, intercede for them now. This is how you need to pray for them. Because The alternative is me throwing myself in and trying to fix, and then I can make mistakes or I just get my feelings hurt or, you know, other things transpire. And so, but with the Lord, he has all the answers and he says he always provides a way of escape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that happened with me yesterday, by the way. So I understand (laughs) that if I open my mouth, if I say everything to people, how I say it out loud in the shower, I would not have any friends left and my children would be ostracized because I get things out and I go, well, Lord, thank you that I'm still in the shower because I don't think it's a good idea that I say all these things, but I say them to him because he can take it. You know, that's the good thing about our savior. So what legacy do you want to pass down to those you know and love? I think the most important thing, if I can set the example of relying on the Lord and always turning to the Lord, And that if they could look at my life and say, even despite the hardships, she always trusted the Lord and the Lord brought her through. I mean, it's amazing when I look back over things in my life and, you know, that you're going through and you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And you do it with the Lord and it's beautiful. And, you know, sometimes when people are going through difficult things, I would just want to grab them and shake them and say, like, God's got you. You can get through this. Keep your eyes on him. Stay focused on him. And he's always the answer. (laughs) Have you ever had someone return and say a little bitterly, well, that's for you, but he has not answered my prayers? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes, there are there are people that really feel like that God has abandoned them. And, you know, you want to always have compassion in those situations because those are real feelings. Yep. And sometimes through conversation, you can help them see how God has been there and they just hadn't recognized. I mean, the enemy obviously is working to get us to not see God and not see where he's at in the situations. And sometimes it's because he just didn't respond the way we wanted him to Mm -hmm. the way we were hoping he would. 
but it's learning how to um, stop, get in the presence of the Lord, seek him, get into his word. If you need someone to help you do that, then do that. Do whatever it takes to get into a place where you can hear from God and let him minister to you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that does, it takes having somebody else help you do that because you have so many thoughts swarming, so many disappointments, anxieties, fears, especially if you really believe that God has failed you and let you down. It's going to take somebody else helping you to quiet those voices mm-hmm. And to allow God to minister to that place. Mm -hmm. And he wants to. (laughs) He wants to. And then he also uses uh, one another to help us do that. Yes. Um, So the next question is, how are you currently doing that? How are you showing those you know and love that God is the answer to all their problems? Well, I'm hoping the fact that I've dedicated all these hours to writing this book, like you said, to have something behind that they can still read. And and maybe like for my family members that maybe aren't reading it right now, at some point they will read it mm-hmm. and hear my heart and the message from the Lord for them. And I hope I'm showing it through my life and in church too, you know, leading small groups. I'm leading one. I'm involved in one. Um, I think it's so important for us to stay connected, which I know in some places, especially California, that's been difficult to do during COVID, but um, somehow having those connections with people, with a person, someone you're sharing and interacting with. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, and I'm hoping that too, for my kids, I mean, it was a big deal for me at my age to do this. And I hope that shows them that it doesn't matter how old you are to always be pursuing your dreams, always be going forward in what God is showing you and all the possibilities that he has. What changes did you have to make or obstacles did you need to overcome to make this happen? Well, first my mind. (laughs) Good. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? You had to change your mind that you could do yes, something? Yes, I mean, I had to combat the thoughts that would come to me that, you know, who do you think you are to think you could write a book? What if you write this book and nobody reads it? You know, all those um, distractions that came from the enemy to try to keep me from doing this project. And right. so I had to get, for every lie that comes in, I needed to exchange it for a truth of what God said. So the age thing, for instance, um, when I was really feeling, because, you know, I'm like 50 years old, now I'm older than that. But at the point I was 50, when I felt God saying to do this, and I just thought, oh my goodness, at my age, you know, and I felt the Lord speak to me, you have another 50 years. And I was like, and I don't know if that's a literal, like I'm going to live to be a hundred, but it just changed my perspective. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm 50. And then to go like, oh, I'm only halfway done. <laughs> and I've got a lot more wisdom now for the next 50. So um, so it's just exchanging every time. I've learned to pay attention to, like you hear a voice, you feel like from the Lord, God directing you and you get that initial excitement. And so the thing to do is pay attention to the secondary voices that happen that cause your mood to come down a little bit. And then go, okay, that that thought didn't come from the Lord because my mood dropped. Mm. And so going like, hey, what is that thought? Where did it come from? What is it trying to tell me? And then exchange that thought for the truth of what God's saying. And so, like, you know, how am I going to have the time to write a book? Okay, that made my mood come down. Like, 
I start thinking like, I really don't have time. Where am I going to get the time? And it's like, you have to stop those. Anything that's going to stop you from doing or set back from doing what God's calling you to do, you have to analyze those thoughts and say, okay, well, what's the truth of that? How, if you were talking to someone who's saying, well, I don't know, that's really God's voice calling me to do this. I mean, you were very assured that he wanted you to take this path from that assurance, then you could continue to knock down the secondary berators in your mind. But if we don't have the first assurance that it's God's voice, how can you help someone know that they're hearing the voice of God? Well, again, I think it starts with intentionality. So you're going to be intentional to say, I want to follow what God's leading me to do. I want to hear his voice and say that out loud. Okay, this is the direction I'm going in. I want to follow the path that God has for me. I want everything that he has planned for my life. I want everything that he has put within me to flourish. So Lord, I'm acknowledging you and saying, I want to align my thoughts with what you are saying. So just really being intentional to pursue God and seek him and declare, this is how I'm going to live my life in response to the Lord and what he has for me. And then start paying attention. You know, maybe initially it's a dream or maybe it is just a thought and you're not sure, like, is that the Lord? We'll explore that. How does it make you feel? You know, does it give you an excitement? Mm -hmm. Um, Does it feel like it aligns with what your passions are? And so uh, God's in the dream business, (laughs) giving people dreams. And so when you recognize something where you go like, Oh, you know, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that didn't come from the enemy, right? So, mm-hmm. like, follow that thought and then um talk to the Lord. Okay, Lord, I feel like you're showing me to start a business. I feel like you're putting in my heart that I could lead a small group. Um, so look at what that thought is that comes up and how it makes you feel, and then walk it out. I like to say try things on, like try it on, you know. What what would it be like to lead a small group and then allow the dream to grow, you know, and then go, okay, what would be my hindrances to doing that? What do you mean allow the dream to grow? Um, Like I said, try it on. Like, so your initial thought, I'm seeking the Lord. I want the Lord's plans for my life. And, And so as that first thing comes up, then, okay, well, what would that look like? And okay, what would a person who leads a small group, if that's the example, what kind of person would that be? You know, oh, well, that they'd have to be really confident to do that. Okay, so I'm going to grow in my confidence. If I don't feel confident to do that, okay, where can I get a book on confidence building, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, I feel like you're calling me to lead this group, but I think that I'd have to have a lot of confidence to do that. So, Lord, I acknowledge that I'm lacking in that area. So, Lord direct my steps to build my confidence and you start taking action steps like what's the next step I can take even if it's just a tiny thing as long as we're in motion we eventually get there Mm -hmm. so it might start with just reading a book or it might start with going like okay I'm going to find somebody that stands out to me that looks confident and I'm going to get to know them (laughs) So it's just when you have a plan, if you know where you want to go, then you can start recognizing what are some steps I can take today Mm. to get me closer and just keep moving. And then in that process is when we recognize the thought that comes up, well, that's stupid. Yeah. You know, why would they want to be your friend? Oh, okay. I must be believing something about myself that would make me think that person would want to be my friend. What Mm. is that? 
mm-hmm. what's happening there, you know? I think all of us have just gotten uh, 10 minutes of great coaching. And so thank <laughs> you for that. I, um, I know I've thought to myself, God doesn't want me sitting on the curb and just waiting for him to return. He wants me to get in the game and um, everyone plays. Our pastor likes to say, everyone plays. We all do a, a different part, but we, we all play. And yet I think some people go, well, I'm retired now. And he goes, no, no, you're, you're just retreading. So you're doing something different, but you're prepared for it because of all the years behind us. Um, what wisdom would you like to share with our Welcome Heart audience today on making our lives count for something beyond ourselves? Well, I would just like to challenge you that everything starts with a thought. Everything in life, it starts with a thought. So we have to learn to monitor our thoughts. What are we thinking? And are those thoughts producing something for the good? And so no matter what stage of life you're in or where you're at, we are all to be bearing fruit, right? And I think Mm -hmm. we all want to bear fruit. And the fruit might look different at 50 than it did at 15. And that's awesome. But we want to be in the fruit bearing business. And the way we do that is to pay attention to our thoughts and make sure our thoughts are aligning with what we want to produce in our life. What is your biggest tip for aligning our thoughts with God's thoughts? Reading the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, there's hindrances that come to that. Like, so when I just said, read the Bible. What was the thought that came to your mind? Was it like, I don't have time? Okay, let's start there. Or Or I don't understand it. Or it's boring. So Mm -hmm. now we're learning how to counteract those things. And so for me, like reading the Bible is sometimes, no, I don't understand, but my spirit man understands. And so when we accept that we have his spirit and his spirit's within us and say, okay, and pray. I pray every time I read the scriptures. I start out to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you wanting to teach me as Mm -hmm. I read? have a scripture come alive to me. Let something jump out at me. You know, even if it's just five verses, a chapter, whatever, start somewhere, but make a quality decision. That's what I'm always saying. You got to make decisions first. So decide that you're going to read your Bible and then don't listen to any of the voices that would hinder you. Find solutions Mm. that are going to help you pursue God and read your Bible. I like, I love what you're saying because we are a make excuses culture and we make excuses for ourselves. We give ourselves maybe too much grace sometimes where we say, well, you know, I'm tired or I'm hormonal or um, my mother just died, which is hard. You You go through hard things, but then we continue in them until we are Eeyore instead of uh, Winnie the Pooh. And we just go, well, you know, this is just the way life is, and then I'm going to die. So I love it that we can have, uh, we have some control. God is ultimately in control. But um, but I have control over whether I'm going to be grumpy when my husband walks in the door, you know, and he doesn't yes. appreciate that, does not help him. He's been with grumpy people all day long. He doesn't need his wife to be that way. So um, I can get in control of my mind by reading the scriptures, right? Is that what you're right. saying? Yeah. And, yes. and I think more, even more so submitting my heart and my mind to the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Because in John 15, that you were referencing about bearing fruit, he says that we, 
we uh, show our love for him by following his commands. And one of his commands is to bear fruit. Another one is to rejoice always. And we always think, well, he didn't really mean me on this day with this situation. Well, actually he did (laughs) and he does, but he doesn't expect us to do it by ourselves. We need people like you in our lives and we need to read good books. And we also just need to decide, look, do I trust God or do I not? Exactly. Well, they say with the mind that when we're undecided, our brain works to show us all the reasons why not to do something. Mm -hmm. But once we decide what we're going to do, our brain works to help us make that happen. Wow. So a lot of times it's just making those right decisions and then just uh, then, you know, allowing things to line up with the decision that we're making. Could you repeat that one more time? When we've When when we're undecided, undecided, our brain works to show us all the reasons why not to. And if you really think about that, you think like, oh, do I want to go do this thing? And your brain goes, well, what about this? And what about that? And I don't know about this. And what if this person, you know, you're kind of analyzing everything. But when you decide like, hey, I'm going Mm-hmm. Now your brain's like, oh my gosh, well, then you need to get dressed. You need yeah. to get your yeah. makeup on. You've got to, you know, so your brain likes to make you happy mm-hmm. and your brain will do what it thinks you wanted to do to make you happy. Mm-hmm. So we get our brains working for us by making the decisions and then starting to align our life with those decisions. Mm-hmm. That's so wonderful. Okay. You have been uh, such an inspiration and practical. I think People uh, all need to go on your website and get more information and also get this book. And you have so graciously offered uh, a free copy of this uh, first book of three. Um, And uh, I can't wait for someone to win it. So if you would just leave a comment on this show notes or on Instagram or my Facebook this um, week, we'll leave it go for about seven days, I think, Sheree. And and you are so gracious to be able to send that out to to our listeners. So thank you so much for your time today. And I want to encourage you, um, audience, if you're listening today, to join my free Facebook group, which is Welcome Heart, Welcome Home, where we talk all about knowing God better and how to share him with others. So thank you so much, Sheree. Thank you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.